episode of the Shay and Eric Podcast. It is me, Shay, stuck in the woods of Connecticut and stuck here alone, goddammit. Hammer Day Tejas got dragged to a fucking Christmas party, and he actually agreed with his roommate to go instead of doing this show. So once again, that's at Hammer Day Tejas. Please spam him, cuss him out, do mean, rude things. I want him crying to his HR about internet bullying. Um, who the fuck... I mean, that's one of the topics of the show, honestly. Christmas parties. I don't call them holiday parties because I'm not a communist. I call them Christmas parties because that's what the fuck they are. How to avoid them and how to know when to leave, which is the most important thing. Because you got you got work functions, you got social functions, and you got family functions. You got to know when to leave and when to hide on all three of those. And you always, always, always bring your own booze. Because if everybody can see how much you're really drinking, they're going to talk about it. You pack six or seven nips, put them in your fucking pocket, and go about your business. But as soon as you see that first fucking secretary or HR assistant manager get a little wobbly by the punch bowl, fucking skedaddle. Adios. But make sure you stick around on the family version long enough for your uncle to start cussing out one of your nieces or nephews about their left-wing politics. That is always worth the wait. Always stick around for that shit. Um, we got a couple topics here on the show. Remember, shoot me uh, questions at Twitter, at Shane Irving, or on the Gmail, Shane Irving number one, Shane Irving one at gmail.com. It's been a while. We've missed you. Uh, we've been off for a minute. Producer John disappeared. Hammers, fucking hammer. And I've been kind of floating in and out of sobriety. So uh, I'm back on the wagon, everybody. Uh, been that way for a minute. Vienna was a hell of a... Whew, Vienna was a hell of a show. I don't know if y'all listen to Dan Patrick Takes a Gamble, but you should. I was sent out uh, a couple days... The day before Thanksgiving? Uh, we were in Vienna. My, my parents live there now. A couple days... No, the day before Thanksgiving giving maybe it was two days before they i was supposed to pick up the turkey so i've they told me where the grocery store was and it was a big grocery store not the one in the corner so i had to walk further and hop on a bus and do all this shit so i get to the grocery store and i find the turkeys but they're small right they're fucking small and i figure it's europe so they probably got small turkeys it ain't like america they're not 12 pound turkeys these are like five pound turkeys so I grabbed like six pounds. So I grabbed two of them, figuring we'll just have two turkey, little turkey, little Austrian turkeys, little German turkeys. We'll just have two of them. Um, and I got back to the house four or five hours later. I hit a couple of uh, establishments going to the grocery store and then going back. So you're, you're walking into a bar in Vienna. <laughs> fucking, they have these carts, right? <laughs> you know, like a, like a homeless person has like, Almost like a luggage cart, but it's it's open, so you could like a Ziploc thing, so you can open it up. You throw your groceries in there, then you can walk it onto the bus and shit. So you're I'm pulling this into the bar with frozen turkeys in there and some other bullshit I was supposed to buy, and just drinking. It kind of just you know day kind of turned into the night, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And I finally get back to the apartment. Um, my mom was like, you know, where the fuck you been? Uh, the roommate had some choice words as well. Um, and they were like, give me the fucking turkey. And I was like, well, you know, turkeys in Austria, I didn't know they were so small. 
So I grabbed two of them. My mom was like, you dumb motherfucker. You got two fucking turkeys. I was like, yeah, but they're real small. So I pull out the turkeys and put them on the counter. And my dad, who speaks German, was like, those aren't turkeys, Shay. Like, what the fuck are they? It's like, those are fucking geese, you idiot. It says geese right fucking there in German. So I fucked up and got two geese instead of one turkey. Uh, but it turned out all right. I liked it. I want to eat geese again. I enjoyed the shit out of it. The rest of the family might not have been as happy as I was, but either way, I'm sober now and not drinking. Um, but while we're at feeling miserable, while we're on the fucking topic of feeling like shit, I want to go over the Cowboys game a bit. Uh, Cowboys-Bills game. So, the Cowboys had an opportunity to control their own destiny, especially with the Eagles' loss against the Seahawks. Um, but they fucked up once again. They proved that they cannot travel. They proved that they are not well coached with the most, they are the most penalized team in the NFL. Mike McCarthy has a history of his teams doing this. Really hard to win the Super Bowl when you're that fucking sloppy. They also proved that Dan Quinn cannot make adjustments. Um, I mean, the running back for Buffalo, Cook, ran for more yards in an NFL game than any other game in his fucking life going back to high school. He's never run for that many yards in his fucking life, and he did it against the fucking Cowboys. Defense is supposed to travel. This one does not. Dak looked bad. The penalties in the beginning were fucking awful. The fact that Mike McCarthy didn't challenge that fucking fumble in the first quarter changed the entire game. But it's it's clear as day what the blueprint is to beat the Cowboys. Don't let him get out to an early lead. If you get out to an early lead and you have a 10-point lead of the Cowboys, you can run the fucking ball down their goddamn throats. And there ain't shit they can do about it. Not shit. This defense is made to play with a big lead and to go fucking tailspin after the quarterback. And if you throw a fucking wrench in that, there's no adjustments to make. They don't make them. There's nothing to be done. It's over. That's a fucking wrap. And I don't know how the hell we expect to beat the 49ers with that kind of gaping fucking hole in our game plan. I... I I have no idea. I have no fucking idea how the hell it's going to work. Can't fucking travel. And because you lost the fucking Buffalo game, even if you win out, the Eagles still win the division because of the third tiebreaker or some bullshit. So you're going to be on the fucking road no matter what in the playoffs. No matter what. And that that's saying you beat Miami. And nobody's fucking guaranteeing that shit. They run the goddamn ball pretty damn well. It's a fucking nightmare. A fucking nightmare, and I'm sick and tired of it. Um, about college football. I love LSU laying the 10. I really like Bo Nix laying 17 against the Baptists. Um, I love Wyoming. I love Corvallis. Uh, you can listen to the damn Patrick. Takes a gamble a little bit on those. I'll dig into them. Um, but has anybody noticed? That Matt Rule got the number one fucking quarterback, Dylan Rayola. 
I don't know how the fuck that happened, but there's going to be a party in Lincoln. Uh, Matt Rule is throwing it. He got a couple of two fucking recruits that make no sense to me. Why the hell they would go to Nebraska, but here they are. Kind of blowing my fucking mind a little bit. Um, but that's a fact. Also, the roommate told me that I'm not allowed to use the family as uh, material anymore on the podcast because, quote, our daughters will be ashamed of you, end quote. So she's worried that one day uh, the kids will grow up and press play on some of these podcasts and, I don't know, learn something. It's not like I'm a different person with them. <laughs> they fucking know me. And I said, they'll have a sense of humor, unlike you, and they'll be a lot cooler. And they'll probably let me drink. Think of that. I fucking visit them a whole lot more often than I stay home. I tell you that, motherfucker. Shane, um, these pods are on a uh, 30-day self-destruct in perpetuity. Thank so. Christ. Now, yeah, this can't be part of the Library of Congress or nothing. Um, ooh, that new movie. Ooh, I'm excited. Civil War. The new movie from the Ex Machina or Ex Machina. That that movie's badass, by the way. One of the best dance scenes in the history of, of cinema. Ex Machina. Is it Machina or Machina, John? It's Ex Machina, I believe. Machina. That dance scene. Best, best, best dance. One of the best dance scenes, you know, in the history of cinema. We're going to totally ignore Dirty Dancing for the time being and just focus on that. Anyway, the dude who made that movie uh, from A24 Studios, who make badass films all the time. New Civil War movie coming out, which is just perfect fucking timing. I love it because we're about to balkanize these United States anyway. Um, And if you looked at the map they had on the preview, um, you had like uh, the Republic of California, right? And then you, well, you had the Republic of Texas and California was somehow allied with them. I don't know what Arizona was doing. Then they had the Florida Alliance. That was pretty much the SEC. Um, And then they had the local, you know, the loyalty United States fucking people or whatever. So a lot of people on the Twitter are like, of course, a fucking some Euro trash wrote this fucking movie because Texas and California would never be allied with anything. But that's suggesting that this movie ain't 100 years in the future. It doesn't look like it because all the shit looks like they got normal cars and whatnot. And I'm sure it won't be. But what could California and Texas possibly agree on to balkanize from these United States? I don't know. I don't fucking know. But I can't wait to find out. It's going to be fucking awesome. I'm telling you right now, this movie's going to be badass. And I don't give a shit which side wins or whatever. I love the alternate history shit. Man in the High Castle? Fuck. Love that shit. Love it. Love all that shit. That alternate history. The what if shit. I'm a big fan. So make sure you put that in your fucking calendars. Uh, I think it's called Civil War. But it's going to be great. It's going to happen eventually, everybody, by the way. Especially, (laughs) I mean, we might as well get into it. Fucking Trump, 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 and the Colorado Supreme Court, state Supreme Court, kicking Trump off the ballot for insurrection, which, by the way, the federal government, Merrick fucking Garland, not exactly a right wing fanatic, decided not to pursue charges of insurrection because he couldn't win the fucking case. So instead of trusting the courts, and doing their deal, uh, due diligence uh, in interpreting law, Colorado State Supreme Court 
decided to kick Trump off the fucking ballot. Whether you believe he did an insurrection or not, the fucking precedence this sets. I mean, imagine, imagine if Texas, a Republican state Supreme Court in Texas, because this is Republican. So Texas is turning purple, right? It's edging towards that. Let's say in 10 years, Texas might go, they might get their fucking delegates for the Democrat in the fucking election. But the state is still run by Republicans because that's the fucking political machine there. They still have all the judges. They still have all the prosecutors. It hasn't completely flipped yet, but this could be the first year that the state turns blue. And all of a sudden, they decide that the Democratic fucking nominee cheated on his taxes or some bullshit. And they just decide to take him off the ballot. This is this is the balkanization of America coming to life. This shit is fucking bad. Whether Trump's a fucking idiot or not. And he's an idiot. He is an idiot. But you can't do this shit. He's never been convicted of insurrection. There ain't even a chart. Nobody's even prosecuting him for insurrection. You can't just say the motherfucker's an insurrectionist. I mean, I can say it. You can. We can all fucking say it on Twitter and, and, and at the bar or in Portland. You know, you can say all that shit. You can't just fucking take a man off the ballot and expect there to be no consequences. Like, shit is going to fucking get worse. It is going to get worse to do a shit like this. And, of course, I believe that democracy is a lie and that we do need a benevolent dictator to rule over us. But not like this. This is going to be like fucking someone's going to get a bomb thrown at him or some shit. I would like, uh, you know, what do you call it? A color revolution like Czechoslovakia. And uh, we just break apart. And New England is its own, uh, you know, country pretty much. And I would just stay here. But it would probably be way too fucking liberal now that I think about it. Where would I go? I'd probably go to fucking... Damn, where would you go, John? Canada. Yeah, I'd probably go to Mexico. That's way more my speed. Yeah, I'd go to Mexico. Anyway, I think it's a huge fucking mistake and a big dumb idea. Whether Trump's guilty or not, you can't just do it without a fucking... Somebody convicting the motherfucker. You got to convict him, and then you can fucking have that court case. Then the state Supreme Court can say, no, 14th Amendment, here, yada, yada. You can't just do this shit without a conviction. That's just... It's willy-nilly. That willy-nilly shit's going to get us in trouble. Fucking idiots. Fucking morons. You can't just fuck a man standing without asking for permission. And no permission was given. I mean, this is trigger warning, sexual assault. And speaking of trigger warnings, um, we got Luke Burbank coming up from the Pacific Northwest to talk to us about all the good stuff that they do up there and how to get by without getting high. We now welcome a real special guest to help us talk about the Texas-Washington game coming up in the playoffs, gloss over some of the uh, evil communists in the Pacific Northwest and how they're not actually human. Uh, his name is Luke Burbank. He's the co-host of the podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. 
pretty damn good uh, podcast. He's also a motherfucking radio god in the Pacific Northwest, a card-carrying member of the Communist Party, and a Washington Husky apologist. Luke, how the hell are you? Hey, Shay, how are you, man? I'm really, really, really surprised the Huskies are still in the conversation. I was not confident. And I know I know uh, your pal John and my friend John is a big part of this show and is, of course, an Oregon duck. And uh, I, I was I was texting mm. with him. I mm. was the most beta cuck of all time texting with him before that game going like, you guys got this, man. I was, <laughs> over. I was, I was the most surprised person that the Huskies actually pulled it out. Fucking Penix, dude. I mean, shit. He had all you need is seven years of eligibility, and you can yeah. really you can really run a train on these twenty two year olds. Hey, oh, sounds like something else that happens in the Pacific Northwest. Doesn't really Hold matter. On, I, was just, I was just I was washing that statement down with a, a non alcoholic beer, which I saw by the way was a, a show title from y'all recently. <laughs> Are you guys, what's going on with you in the NA? Uh, you know, I've kind of been in and out of rehab since high school, and sometimes I'm in, sometimes I'm out. Right now, I'm actually not drinking, believe it or not. Good for you, brother. Eh, the roommate kind of put the kibosh. What happened? I went to uh, Vienna. I went to Austria with the family. My parents live out there, um, which is where I get my politics from. Uh, But uh, I went, I had a bad run. Good run for me, bad run for the roommate and the kids. I was missing for a good day or so. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of shut it down for Christmas, figured I'd sober up a bit. What's your policy on bitters and soda? Because that's just been during my periods of sobriety. Uh, oh yeah, that's, love it. that's a that's a godsend. You're still sober. Don't worry about it. You're good. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. although I will tell you that I was I was I was sober for like a year, and I was drinking bitters and sodas, and then somebody told me there was trace amounts of alcohol in it, and this is there how is. the alcoholic brain works. I just said, well, <laughs> shit, I've been drinking this whole time. What I've might have. What's the difference between 10 bitters and sodas and one glass of wine? Almost nothing. Ripped a Band-Aid off. We're fucking already in it. I was back, I was back, on, the, back on the train and back off the wagon. I mean, you live in Portlandia, right? I live north of Portlandia. I live in an area uh, that, and, and I don't know all of, your, all of your politics, Shay, but I can tell you that um, I, I live in southern Washington in a kind of a, like a no man's land where mm-hmm. the... It just the sheer firepower that people are bringing into the Home Depot on a on a daily basis is really something to behold. There are guys with not one but two sidearms just Come to on. go look. Uh, I, I <laughs> to go to the paint department of the Home Depot in Longview, Washington. Awesome. Um, it's uh, so I'm I'm actually uh, I'm 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 fairly removed from the, the the political scene there in Portland. Oh, so you're not like living at Chaz, drinking coffee, and shooting dope on the sidewalk. Not anymore. Right. You graduated. Uh, I've replaced it with Athletic Brewing non-alcoholic beer. By the way, would recommend a free plug I, for these guys. Dude, Upside sponsor down. me. I, I had one today, a fucking Athletic Light. Not bad, right? Not bad at all, dude. Have a fucking bang a heater and have an Athletic Light. Not bad yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah, would recommend. I feel pretty good about it. Except it's 13 fucking bucks for a six-pack. You got to put yeah. something in there if it's that much. What the fuck? I, know. I was considering trying to steal it from the self-checkout. Um, oh, you got to do that. I do. A, I take. I take a. I apply a like a tax. Yeah. To the to whatever store makes me do self checkout, which is I'm going to try to see if I can get out with one item that didn't properly scan. Oh yeah, um, that, that's that's a pretty good name of my politics right there. That, that's, 
The other I thing agree. is when you buy this NA beer, they still card you in Washington State, which is – No, a, they don't. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the, I think it's because they don't want the person who's guarding the self-checkout to have to make a lot of hard kind of – you know, they don't, want them getting up, they don't want them having to get up to the line and then call an audible. They want to really – like they want to call the first 50 plays of this game – and just have like no decision making for the person at the Safeway. As well, considering, this, it, yeah, the people they're fucking hired at the Safeway, they might be the right goddamn idea. So they're just like you're, anything that's in a can and cold and looks vaguely like a beer. We're carding you. They card people for lighters up here in Connecticut. Oh, seriously? Swear to God. I said, what if a kid wants to come in here and like start a fire behind the gas station? My whole childhood is about that. What happens to that kid? Huh? Yeah. That's well, how are they going to learn? No shit, man. I think be pyros. So you're a radio god, apparently. Um, <laughs> talk to me about the NPR shit. I um I started working at a public radio station in Seattle when I was in college at the University of Washington. I don't know if we've mentioned Ooh. that they're in the playoff, <laughs> but um I uh I wanted this job badly because it was indoors and it paid seven dollars an hour. And my job oh my before God. that had been working at a plumbing company where I was. Um, mostly climbing into spaces underneath decks and in trenches that the plumbers were too fat to get into. Right. So this was a pretty Important big, gig. Yep. it was a big, I was, I was, I, I was useful there at Gene Johnson plumbing. Um, <laughs> by the way, that was, you want to talk about multiple sidearms. That guy is a maniac. All of the plumbing trucks were outfitted with like pro NRA bumper stickers. Including, Come on. Like, imagine somebody shows up. To just like try to like you know roto rooter out your your drain and they've they've got a bumper sticker on the the plumbing truck that says gun control is being able to hit your target that was that was that was what we were working with so I was pretty excited to get over to the radio station I really wanted to be in sports um, I wanted to be a like a play by play announcer or whatever but uh, but I got this gig in college as like a work study deal so it was kind of like they you know. It's basically like a subsidized gig, like the state of Washington as a form of student loans will pay someone to hire you and then you they pay you with the money from the state of Washington. Got it. And that was what it took to get me in the door because they <laughs> I was the only person that applied for the job and it cost them no money and they actually declined. The first no. they I I from my lips to God's ears, the first uh time I applied they said we're fine actually. Like this is <laughs> We we you working here for absolute free to us is still something we don't actually want to have happen. Wow. And I just kept kind of bothering them and harassing them and I kind of weaseled my way in and so ended up working uh at like a public radio station and then for NPR the the network and uh now all these years later I work I do a show out of Portland called uh, Livewire which is a variety show that has got, you know, some music and some interviews and stuff like that and then i work with your buddy john uh, i don't know right. do you talk about his real job is he is that no. classified information i work with him i work with him at a real job i work with him at the safeway uh That's we right. do That's we're, right. we're basically secret shoppers our job is to try to steal as much non-alcoholic beer as we can and if we <laughs> get away yeah, with brother. it we have to write up a long report uh so they improve the security at the safeway amazing and you got a podcast too I do. That one's real fun. That's called Too Beautiful to Live. Um, today, we celebrated our 4,101 episode in a collector series. We've been doing that for like since 2008, so ever, however long ago that was. It was a, uh, it was a nighttime AM radio show in Seattle um, that me and my buddy Jen 
uh, took the reins on. And we knew that it was going to be canceled almost immediately, which is why we named it Too Beautiful to Live. We were like, this is going to be like a firefly that you put in a jar when you're a kid. You don't poke enough air holes and it's just dead the next day. Oh, yeah. Um, we, we, We knew that going in and we were right. It was canceled pretty quickly. And you but, turned it into a podcast then. Yeah, basically, like, what happened was I had a contract with this radio station that even if they fired me, unless it was for cause. So I was very careful about not doing anything, at least that they knew of, that they could. If they just basically were, like, firing me because I wasn't good at radio, they still had to pay me for 90 days. Oh, money. And so uh, I just kind of kept doing the show now from my house on the Internet for those 90 days. And then towards the end of it. I realized that I had no money because they were going to be done paying me. And I said to the very, very small handful of listeners, hey, if you uh, want me to keep doing this five days a week, uh, here's a PayPal account. If you could throw some money in there, that would be great. Or I got to go get another job. And they uh, they did. And so it kind of became this little thing that still exists all these years later that me and now my buddy Andrew do on a five-day-a-week basis. So um, it's it's honestly at this point, one of the only ways to make a living doing a podcast. It's not being Joe Rogan because he only right. he can do that. It's it's basically convincing about 800 people to donate a little bit of money every month. And if you can get that happening, you've, you've maybe got some sort of business approach that works. Or, I mean, OnlyFans, obviously. I'm doing that, too. Okay, good. I was going to yeah. say, that's, that's, that's going real less well. <laughs> not as many subscribers. We're 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 getting less hashtag engagement over on <laughs> just, my OnlyFans page. Just friends and family helping you out, getting embarrassed. Yeah, exactly. And I I think my mom is officially cutting me off after this month. Yeah, she's I going down. She's going down from the premium plan down to just the regular <laughs> entry level. She wants no more pictures of your feet. It's over. It's played out. No, she's seen those bad boys for for years and years. Can I say one quick thing, Shay? If you don't mind, I don't want to digress, but um, I know that. Uh, a part of your internet notoriety is from being uh, a caller to, is it, was, is it Rich Eisen? Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick. I love yeah. both of those men. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I don't know them, but I love their products. Um, oh, yeah. I have a buddy, he's now passed, uh, RIP oh. Mike Frizzell, who uh, was on the lam. Uh, he was a bank robber. He robbed like north of 60 banks. Sick. And they couldn't catch him. And he was hiding out in TJ, trying to kick a nasty opioid habit. Yeah. And he was calling into an L.A. talk uh, sports radio show because <laughs> he had nothing but time on his hand and a bunch a shitload of money. Yeah. So he was betting on like he was like betting on horses in T- Tijuana and call because all the the radio transmitters for those L.A. stations are in Mexico for sure because there's no regulation of like how much cancer they can cause to the oh people standing God. within a mile of them. So he called into this sports radio show so much he became their favorite caller then he became the fill-in host shut up (laughs) but he would do it over the phone because he couldn't tell them he also couldn't accept a paycheck from them he couldn't do anything (laughs) because he was currently being pursued by the federal bureau of investigation and later when he turned himself in uh, one of the people on his case in southern california uh mentioned to him one time yeah i was a big fan of the show uh, that he was, that he was like the number one caller on. So I just want you to know there is a real future in what you're doing. I was going to say, he seems a lot cooler than me. I'm fucking married with three daughters and a wife that don't work. I'm fucked here, man. Well, uh, uh, what I learned from Drew's experience was uh, 
if you're not just like cracked out of your mind, mm. you can actually in those days. Now, this was 20 years ago. In those days, you could get away with some bank robberies. Most of the bank robberies, yeah. most of the folks that get caught. And I do hope your listeners know this is officially an endorsement of the idea of robbing banks. Yes. Uh, you know, he was his thing was he's a very smart person. And so he really thought it through. And like, that's why they never actually caught him. And he had to turn himself in. And uh, why did he turn himself in? It was because of the sports radio. He had this kind of like, I don't know, epiphany moment of clarity. He was living his dream. His dream had always been to be some sort of, you know, in the sports media. Sure. And and he uh, got his dream. He was filling in on this radio station in L.A., getting to host sports talk. And he knew that he could never actually tell them who he was he couldn't go anywhere with this he couldn't like go get a job doing it like he it was something about actually getting to the top of his personal mountain and realizing he couldn't actually like enjoy it or or really make proper use of it that caused him to realize that he needed to actually like get his shit worked out so he kicked he basically locked himself in a uh in his apartment Oh, it's the worst. Kick the the pills, which, by the way, uh, would not recommend. Zero out of five stars on Yelp. Oh, so bad. Can can we get can can we get dark for a moment on the program? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to do because I have a public radio background. I feel like I have to do this trigger warning. You're about to hear a conversation about suicidal ideation. Mm. He said he had set up his car down in the um, parking garage of his little apartment. He had set it all up to kind of like. Yeah. He could not handle the detoxing that he would go down there and he would be done being on this planet. And he said the only reason that he didn't do that was because he couldn't physically get himself from the yep. apartment down to where yep. the plan was. Oh, yeah. And because of that, he ended up actually, you know, making it through. Jesus, fuck. Don't wish that on anybody. That is no. a fucking no. hard hill to climb. Let me tell you, yeah. it's like every single cell in your body is fucking on fire. <laughs> And you're shitting and puking and bleeding and ugh. anyway, hair. And that on. was just Woo! me when the Huskies were zero and twelve <laughs> yeah, a few years ago. Under Ty Willingham, <laughs> old Ty, <laughs> fucking Golly. poor Ty. Man, uh, we thought we had high hopes when he came over from Notre Dame. We were like, "This is really happening." We're really farting through silk here. We got Ty uh, Willingham, uh, and boy, that was a shit show. No, oh, that sucked ass. Yeah, that wasn't shit. Um, speaking of sucking ass. Pacific Northwest uh, Huskies, the little puppies. Texas is laying four over under 63. I'm obviously hitting Texas minus the four. uh, And I kind of fucking like the under. I got to be honest with you. I think our front seven is going to fuck up your offensive line right in the asshole, just like Portland would like it. This is where my lack of knowledge about – here's what I know about uh, your team. Your coach reeked of alcohol in the huddle. And I've never liked a coach more than when I heard that story about Steve Sarkeesian. I was like, leave them, let them, let him live. When he was, there was an issue with, I, I, with, if I remember right, there was an issue with Steve when he was at the University of Washington you, where yeah. uh, they had gone out, he and the coaches had gone out for some sort of like weekend bonding session. And they had gone to a place, if I remember it, called Suncadia Lodge, hmm. um, which is a, like a, whatever, little resort place. and. Um, the the big story in the paper was that he had expensed 
the yeah. drinks for the night <laughs> and and that it caused concern. And let me tell you, Shay, when I read the bar tab, I thought I could do that on a fucking Tuesday. Fuck yeah. By myself. Like I was kind of let down. It was like um everybody was clutching their pearls. They were like, he had three tequila silvers or whatever. And I was like, Okay, all right. That's my uh, lunch order. That is I my mean, fucking lunch order. It really was not it was not nearly as as sort of bad as I I mean again it indicated I guess he didn't have a great hold on these things. But that's about the extent of my knowledge of Texas. Also, I know that we did beat y'all last year, but it's probably a different team. Completely. I, yeah. Look. Here's the thing. The Huskies have been living dangerously for the last 8 games. They Correct. Correct. Uh, they've they've barely 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 eked out these wins i do not think um that uh that it's a great sign that they've just been you know they've they've just been doing the absolute minimum on the other hand i they mean have the oregon se- wins are fucking pretty those sexy. are wild and i want to apologize to your friend yeah uh, friend of the show uh john from safeway because uh <laughs> because those were brutal games. Those tested our friendship. And it's really, Albertsons, what I've actually, I was the bagger at Albertsons, so can we put uh, some respect on my Albertsons? Bad. My bad. Love Albertsons. I, I, I uh, Albies, as my mom used to call it. Albies, get in the car. We're going to Albies. My mom's move with Albies. I'm one of seven kids. Is um, no way. You're a Mormon. No, just terrible at birth control. My parents. Mm. My dad. My dad won the Breeders' Cup. His first human to ever get to ever get the trophy. I'm looking, by the way, I'm looking at my dad right now. He's in, I'm, I've, I've been remodeling this house that I got and, uh, and he's in there. Like this guy is like 70. My dad is the Pete Carroll of home construction. Jesus. He's, he's just indefatigable. Like he's 35. He thinks 9-11 was an inside job. Yes. He, but he just, that guy can outwork me. He has got so much more energy than me. It's, I'm 47. It's insane. But, um. Luke, is he chewing double bubble too? No, but he's smoking cigars, and this is going to end soon because uh, we were getting the floors in now. So for for a year, this house has been literally just like no drywall down the studs, and he's yeah. been smoking cigars. And I've been like, "That's fine." But as we now finish the house off, as there's drywall, there's paint, there's right. mostly the floor. I'm like, "Bro, this ha- I'm like easy, Fidel. This has to end now." <laughs> Take it outside, dad. Yeah, really. Like, this is, I can't. Here's the thing. My dad is, I'm paying my dad to do this. And the part that hurts is he's charging me mileage. (laughs) I get, he gives me a handwritten (laughs) receipt and he's charging me mileage. Damn. He's going to write it off too in his fucking taxes. Watch that. He is. He's he's paying taxes on what I'm paying him under the table. No, it's not. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Are you sure he's not a Mormon? This really sounds like some Mormon great. shit. He he would have done very well with the Mormon stuff. My mom, though, when she used to go to Albies, she had figured out <laughs> that if you went into the uh, you know the dairy and uh, part of the store, and if you checked, you found all the milk that was about to expire the next day. They're gonna have to throw that out. So she would find the dairy guy and she would make him an offer. No, <laughs> yeah, she'd be like, uh, "What do you want for all of this?" And I think usually they would be so p- perplexed that they would just go, "I." $5? I don't know. So she'd get like 10, 20 gallons of about to expire milk and she would bring it home and she would freeze it. No the, fucking way. Yeah. The problem was she would often forget to thaw it out until the morning. We're about to go to school. Not We've great. got our, a bowl of like kicks 
ready to go. And she'd be like shaking this like mostly frozen thing of milk up or pouring it in its ice crystals. Oh, seven fucking kids. You're lucky she didn't leave. No, I mean, that's, you know, as an adult and you've got kids too. I realize I've got one daughter. She's grown now, but like you, you develop a tremendous amount of appreciation for your parents. As soon as you get into that game of parenting. I don't fuck that. I don't really, my parents were so much worse to me. They didn't do shit. Now with this new age bullshit, like like today, the roommate fucking lost one of the kids, the eldest kid, because mm. it was supposed to be uh, on the bus, but she was a walker pickup or some other bullshit. She, whatever. The school fucked it up. They put her on the bus and then she should have been on the bus. Everybody's mm. freaking out. I live in a small town. Ten seconds later, they're like, oh, yeah, my kid saw your kid on the bus. Don't fucking worry about it. It's going to be at the house. All right, great. Kids at the house. The roommate comes home. Kids standing in the front yard crying. Home's wide open, by the way. There's no fucking locks. It ain't locked. And she's crying in the front yard. She's eight years old. I used to come home to an empty fucking house every day when I was like six years old. And just open the fucking door. Yeah, dude. What the fuck? And now she's going to get a fucking Apple Watch out of the damn thing. Because the roommate's (laughs) got to know where she is all the fucking time. Fuck that. My parents would have revolutionized that shit. You gotta you gotta tip your cap though to the kid for working the Apple Watch. <laughs> right, that's right. I was I like, mean, oh, that's it's honestly Christmas. That's a soft skill that she's gonna need in adulthood. Actually, unbelievable. Like, you know, playing the playing the angles. Do you know Do you know the comedian Nate Bargatze? No, he's pretty funny. He's got a bit where he talks about like something happened with his kid at school, and uh, they call him, and he said, "You're calling." You're calling me and not my wife. Have you ever met a dad? Right. right. Is there anything at all about your interactions with the dads of the world that would lead you to believe I would know anything about the bus number that my kid is on? Like, that's that's just a that's a real Hail Mary. So, I mean, we're glad to hear that the kid made it home in one. Yeah, buddy, my text me was like, hey, your fucking kid, my kid, yada, yada, whatever. And so I called the roommate. I was like, did you lose a fucking kid? She was like, oh, my God, this, that, or the other. I was like, all right, I got to go. I got a fucking jobby job. But more importantly, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Well, back to, uh, back to the horns and the huskies. I, yes, listen, please. I mean, this is confirming every suspicion you have about what happens in the Northwest, which is that yeah. I'm saying I would not be shocked if Texas won. But I would say the huskies, if I have this right, I believe that we technically had the strongest strength of schedule of any team uh, by the end of the season. Um, right. which, which I, I think, you know, look, I mean, Pac-12 I, top to bottom was about, I mean, it was a pretty decent, year. I mean, yeah. it's just like, how's that for irony? No shit. <laughs> as no they're, shit. As they're, dis, as they're disbanding it. But, um, like I, I, listen, I went to the, well, the last time that the Huskies found themselves on, on the edge of this whole thing, it was, uh, when they played Bama and, uh, and, mm. and I went out to Georgia for that game, not because, I wanted to put my money where my mouth was, but because Alaska Airlines thought I was some kind of influencer, put me put me on a, a plane, a few people on a plane, uh, and flew us out there and let us watch the game. Um, and uh, our job was to tweet about it and to repost. And then when they saw how much engagement I got, uh, let me just say I wasn't invited <laughs> back to this one. I think they realized that that was a that was some that was some sunk cost on me that. Fucking hustle them. Get back. Way to go, Luke. By the way, where the fuck? Let me. Where do we find you on the Twitter? What's he at? 
I'm not on there anymore. I'm on Instagram. What the fuck? Oh, Listen, man, I want to tell you this. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not big on the Donald Trump stuff. Uh, why, why I don't not? care. What do you mean? I'm not big on the publishing stuff that's provably not true that causes a lot of people to develop their opinions. That's not. I'm not a fan of that from anyone. Wait a minute. Wait. So you don't think he's fascist enough? You mean? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, let's uh, tomato, tomato. Right. But, but I. I remember I said to myself, well, when Elon lets Trump back on here, that's when I'm going to probably bow out. And uh, I was on an airplane and I saw the news because I had the Wi-Fi and uh, I ordered (laughs) I ordered like a double bourbon. It was like I was like it was like a goddamn military funeral for my Twitter account. I seriously ordered a drink for the occasion at 30,000 feet slugged it back and hit delete on my Twitter account. And that was the only place I had even the tiniest bit of pull. Luke, so was that an Alaska Airlines flight? Of course it was. It was, I mean, listen, even though they didn't invite me back, even though they didn't fly me to New Orleans or whatever for this game, I still, I still rep hard for the, uh, the Alaska Airlines brand. And so anyway, I'm not on, I'm not on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, but you know what? People should, if they want to hear this and they want to in any way, try to find out what it is I do, go over to like tbtl.net. And that is a place to to start uh, with my little stuff. The other thing I want to say, Shay, is the game being in New Orleans is not <laughs> neutral territory. <laughs> no, it's fucked for y'all. Y'all are being. I there. mean, I already like already. I'm I'm assuming that the you know Texas fans are going to travel. That's they're that's already there. The they're already fucking there. But I they're mean, if this was in the LA, whole goddamn town, yeah. right? If yeah, this was yeah. if this was in uh, if this was in Pasadena or or North Korea. Right. They would still be more Texas fans than us. <laughs> but but it doesn't help our cause that it's in mother fucking New Orleans. Like the fact that we have to go essentially through Texas to get to the neutral site for the game doesn't it's not uh, it's not exactly giving me a ton of confidence. But I will tell you this. These Huskies have. Uh, regularly defied my expectations this year. Fair. So I don't know what one more That's expectation fair. defying performance. I don't know why that can't happen. And if we were, if we were playing like, look, we, we did play y'all last year and we did all right. And that may mostly what that indicates to me is that these guys, these kids from Washington may shit their pants 4% less in the first half of the game, just from nerves. Like, I think that the game that I went to the year we played Bama, I mean, it was, it was rough. It was like one of those civil war movies where just children are being sent out, uh, like, you know, to face the enemy. Like, yeah, uh, I don't don't, think this game is too big for them. I don't, I don't think it's too big for them, especially with the schedule they play. This is not, the the stage will not be too fucking bright. The lights won't be too bright. All that shit. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. I still think, honestly, I, I, let me put it this way. I'll be really surprised if I don't think taking I don't think taking um, the the horns and the points is a bad move at all at all. No, and I probably no. I never bet against my team um, because I'm an idiot. Neither do I. Neither do I. I just I like get to it. I like to force multiply. Yeah. How yeah. sad I am yeah. by both <laughs> losing and losing money. Like if I had a, a scintilla of wits, I would hedge shit. But I just I can't I can't bring myself to do it. I get it. Neither can I. And I don't want to take too much time, uh, but I got one more thing. Yes, sir. Um, when the new, well, the only American Caesar finally takes control of this country, 
Is there anything you'd like to say to the upcoming regime so they don't put you up against the wall? I had your back the whole time, guys. I was working within the system for you. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. I was like that guy from uh, – I was like the reverse of that dude they just arrested in Florida – who um who who was narrow it down a bit the cuban the, the the cuban american guy who was the like we thought he was our guy uh like trying to work against the cuban uh interests and he was like mr maga he was like he was like out there just hardcore mr maga like a lot of cuban americans are in florida oh yeah the whole time he was fucking working for cuba they say my guy was like uh he was some real che guevara revolutionary shit trying to work for cuba but pretending that he was working for the u.s against cuba i'm i just want i want everyone whoever whoever wins i want them to know i've been working for you behind the scenes we'll try and protect you once we uh establish the portland protectorate thank you i appreciate that oh, but, ladies and gentlemen that is motherfucking luke burbank uh you can listen to his shit live wires portland's favorite communist radio show uh, and he's also got a pretty good fucking podcast. He does five days a week. Motherfuck yes. me. The Why don't you up ass. your game a little bit, Shay? I was going to say, I got to <laughs> figure my life out. But thanks for coming on, brother. It was a shit thanks good time. Thanks for having time. me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me, man. Um, I'll, uh, I'll shoot you a note after the game, win or lose. How about that? I got it. Let's do it. Well, that was a hell of a fucking show. That was a hell of a fucking guest. Uh, everybody, round of applause for Luke Burbank. I guess find him on Instagram or uh, when Trump dies, maybe he'll get back on Twitter. Um, but hell of a show. Thank him very much for coming on. Uh, that was a good, good fucking time. So back to the entire purpose of this fucking podcast. The Christmas warnings. Okay. We have three buckets. Ladies and gentlemen, we have work, we have family, and we have social. I'm just going to go through my strategy in all these. The work party. You know, it's always at some uh, bar or restaurant that they rent out, right? People show up around seven, drinks, apps, drinks. You know, maybe there's a pool table or like a fucking, uh, what do the guineas do? The bocce, whatever it is. And there's people outside smoking. That's always like, you know, the lower rung people, the, the fucking IT guys <laughs> fucking trying to talk to girls out there having a, hitting their weed pen and shit like that. Um, and then they do the announcements like, hey, welcome. This is a great fucking year, everybody, yada, yada, yada. At this point, the drinks are really flowing, right? And then people start making bad decisions. And you always, always, always want to leave before the bad decisions get talked about. Because after the party, there's always an after party. That's what you must avoid at the work function. You cannot be a part of the after party. That is when HR has a fucking field day come January 1, when the emails start getting read. Holy shit, I have a story to tell you, dear HR, yada, yada, yada. You have to not go to the after party. My recommendation, this is just me talking, you bring nips with you so nobody knows how much you're actually drinking. You also bring a little cocaine, Adderall, if that's your thing, that's fine too. But you make sure it's crushed up before you even get in there, right? 
bring yourself a tiny little spoon. You go to the bathroom, bing, 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 throw a nip back, chase it with some cocaine or some Adderall, go back and fight the good fight. Make sure you do not go to the after party. So remember, work function, nips and cocaine, all right? You can do this. Family function, this is where it gets a little different. No cocaine because your family knows you and they'll know that you're on it, especially me. They know exactly what I look like when I'm on cocaine, so they can see that a mile away. No nips because it's your family and they know how much you fucking drink. They know you have a problem. Right? So be honest with them. And you always want to stay late at the family function. Because eventually, your uncle or your older cousin is going to start picking on your younger family members about their life choices, what they're majoring in college, their, if they're gay or not, how they feel about trans people, how they feel about communism. And you have to stick around because every... Every little cousin from, you know, 18 to 25 thinks they know everything about politics and world events and justice and shit like that. And that is the seat you want to be sitting on. You want to be in the corner, close to the fire if one's available, or close to the family dog. So you can pretend to be distracted with the animal while you hear Cousin Jerry laying in to your other cousin, Liana, about how Trump is the best or whatever the fuck. You have to be around for that. That's fun. Plus, the food is always better at the family function. So you stick around for that. You always stick around late for the family function. Social. And this is me talking again. I live in a small town. We know a lot of people. The roommate knows people. We know people. All the kids know each other. You see these people every fucking week, whether it's soccer, gymnastics, school, you know, Fucking cheerleading, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, all that shit. You see at the grocery store, you see them all the fucking time. These are the most dangerous parties. These are the parties that get talked about the rest of your fucking life. These are the parties that some asshole brings up at a soccer field six years from now. These are the parties where a mom gets so drunk, she starts dancing on a coffee table Falls, breaks it, has to go to the hospital because of the lacerations on her elbow and can't make it home for Christmas. These are the most dangerous parties. Yeah, sure, the work function might get you arrested or fired, but it's nothing like making you fucking move towns because you fucked up at the social party. Social party, cocaine optional, absolutely. Cocaine's optional, but not until later in the night. You can't go in there. Right away, start doing blow. You have to get a lot of drinks in before you start any of the drugs because everybody else will be so fucked up that they won't even notice, right? Other, other issue with the social function, do not bring cigarettes. Every single drunk mom will be hitting you up for a cigarette outside when you're trying to relax. Do not bring them. If you do, walk your ass to the car, down the block, and bang a heater. Do not let them see your smokes. They will be gone. <clears throat> also, at the social function, nips. Nips, nips, nips. So bring your own nips. Don't let everybody see how drunk you're getting or how much you're drinking. Uh, cocaine, but not until later. Remember, those are two things. Always leave early at the social functions. Remember, this is your town. 
uh, your fucking roommates on PTO. You see the vice principal's daughters at the same party. These people fucking talk. And everybody's taking pictures and videos these days anyway. So you leave early at the social function. You stay late at the family function. You never, ever, ever go to the after party at the work function. Ever. The last thing you need at the work function is some fucking newly hired intern, some 25-year-old drunk girl, and her last memory is the two of you cracking a joke at an all-night diner before she fucking wakes up in a pile of puke. That ain't it. Do not put yourself in that situation. At all. So, those are the three fucking holiday parties and how to hit them and or avoid them. Hammer, I didn't even get a chance to tell me this shit. He's at a work function, no, a social function, and he has no idea about the late night cocaine, not bringing cigarettes, and the rest of the fucking rules. He has no fucking idea. I don't know what he's going to do, but it ain't going to be good. He fucked up. And we have a whole weekend of this shit, by the way. The fucking, oh, dude, it's going to be a shit show. It's going to be a shit show. And I'm not going to be drinking. I'm fucking on the wagon, y'all. It's going to be by it. But I'll make it. I've done this shit before. Anyway, hit me up on the Twitter, at Shane Irving. ShaneIrving1 at gmail.com. I will get to your fucking questions. We got DJ in the Year honors coming up. Uh, Probably won't be because of the holiday. Yeah. Eh, we might do a show next week. Either way, other than that, it'll be the first week of January. Uh, we'll award DJ of the Year for 2023 and uh, get it in from there. Y'all have a good fucking time. Merry fucking Christmas. It is not a happy holiday. Merry fucking Christmas. And get it in, y'all.